Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Dragging the Table. My name is DJ, and I am here today with the most controversial individual on the internet in all of podcasting, but he does have the best theme song to his podcast, the one and only Jason Almy. Thank you for that lovely introduction, my friend. Um, most controversial makes it sound like I stuck a mason jar into my ass and it broke like 12 years ago on the internet. I didn't, that wasn't oh, me. It was, you do, one of your gifts that you like to give to people that are nice to you are uh, mason jars of grandma's sweet tea or peach tea. What peach was it? tea. I'm on, drinking peach uh, tea right now, actually. So it's crazy right. that you would say that. This is peach tea. <laughs> this is, I think it's got the thing. It's green tea. So I get the like nice benefits of the, you know, you know, I'm nice Buddhist or whatever. And, um, and it's peach flavored. It's just delightful. That's amazing. So you just <laughs> totally called it. <laughs> so I guess right up top, uh, I want to let you tell everyone what you do and where to find you. Yeah. Fantastic. So, um, Mostly glory holes. Um, I-95 uh, is where you would find me up and down all along I-95. There's about a 60-mile um, swath from Portland, Maine to um, just north of Boston, New Ham- uh, Boston, Massachusetts. And, and anywhere in there, there's a ton of really dingy truck stops. And that's where I glory hole. Um, I'm on the sucking end, by the way, in case you guys were... Exclusively you know, or exclusively, you switch it up. Exclusively, okay. I have a problem like putting my penis through a wall, not knowing what or who is on the other side, what kind of fate might befall my penis. I think that's very. I don't have that kind of trust in strangers, random strangers. You know what I mean? Somebody's gonna poke me with a needle right in my dick and be like, "Yeah, you got coronavirus, motherfucker!" And I'm gonna be like, "Oh shit!" You know? I wish it had been AIDS. I wish it had been AIDS because I already got that. I mean, what are you gonna? Double AIDS? That's not a thing. Listen, but, we, you can recover from AIDS. So I don't see what the big deal is anymore, dude, right? Yeah, I mean, Magic Johnson, he's been fucking running around here for the last 30 years, whatever. He's fucking swinging dick. I mean, he's fucking good. You fuck, Coronavirus comes around, guess what? Now he's wearing a mask. <laughs> now fucking Magic is wearing a mask. Now he's all about that protection. So on your podcast, yeah. it happens when you party naked. Uh you did your first kind of like solo deal. Well, was it your first ever solo? Um, yeah, it was a couple of months ago. It was earlier this year, um, February maybe. It was called Tentacled Up is what I called that episode. So oh, if anybody yeah. cares to listen, that was my first. And it wasn't really a solo. Like I cop out on my solo episodes. I call someone on the phone. Like I have my phone connected to the mixer. So like anything I do on my cell phone, any phone call that I place or receive it just goes into the mix and so you can hear it. So I, I copped out, I called uh, Adam and we had like a short conversation as part of my solo podcast. Still consider it solo because it was solo most of the time, but I did place a telephone call to uh, to Adam. Yeah, your previous but guest. This, but it was the, what was it? Wasn't it the last episode? You did like the first uh, half of it So Yeah, yeah, that was another one where I did, I did a solo episode, but then instead of calling Adam, I called Chris. Because Chris yeah, and I had been arguing previously, like earlier that day, and I was like, "We got to hash this shit out, bro." Now, is this the angels and demons argument, or was it another one? Um, <laughs> it must have been another one. That one's not ringing any bells. It must have been the other I heard, one. I heard. I feel like I heard Chris tell me one about you guys arguing about demons. So, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, we did argue about 
like um, intergalactic demons. It might be a space thing. It might be a hell thing. But um, he very much believes that demons are somehow uh, analogous to like the upper, upper echelon of world leaders and or the upper, upper echelon of world leaders are maybe beholden uh, to those demons somehow. And it has to do with ritual child sacrifice and blood consumption and other just really strange shit that I'm like, I don't feel like there's really any uh evidence for this like demon or that like uh donald trump has a boss who has a boss who is drinking blood of of five-year-old children like just because a five-year-old goes missing it's a terrible thing but like there's five-year-old kids on the side of like a milk carton that doesn't mean that there's demons from outer space which is a weird place for demons to come from in my opinion anyway that are um drinking that blood and sacrificing those kids or whatever so i it, to me i was like that's i can believe that the cia had a hand in killing jfk that's the kind of conspiracy that i'm in on but the demons from outer space but not hell but maybe hell is a place in outer space i don't know i've seen event horizon a couple of times it still doesn't make much sense but i like it it's this freaky movie and lawrence fishburne is cool so you're into earthly conspiracies not interdimensional or uh yeah interdimensional yeah. conspiracies the the like demons more... coming from somewhere <sighs> yeah by the way technically demons would come from space because that's where god lives i hear and that's where all the angels and demons mm. at least were originally from at one time mm -hmm. so <laughs> yeah but which way is up and which way is down in space because i know heaven is up and hell is down but once you get out in space it's like uh everything floats like there was a turd that got out in one of the Apollo missions. Like they didn't, I guess they, you know, they poop into bags, I suppose. When you're up in space, they don't really have like a, they don't have like a proper toilet that flushes or whatever. So they got to shit into like a Ziploc and you got to seal that thing up and then they stow the, the, the shit in a shit bag or something. Apparently somebody didn't do a very good job sealing that bitch back up. And so they're like doing their work or whatever. They're eating their hot dogs or something. They're drinking their tang and somebody's dookie goes floating by. Right. And it's just, see it? yeah, everyone's like, no, that's not mine. That's not mine. Well, that's not mine. Well, how would you recognize your own shit? You got six guys shitting in a, a Pringles can that's orbiting the earth. It's not like you're writing your name on the side of your Duke. You don't know whose it is, and it's not like they meant to leave the thing out. Somebody fucked up when they were sealing up the, the Ziploc or whatever, and the Duke got out and it went floating around. But it's not like somebody's going, oh, that's definitely mine. I recognize that color. That only comes is out of Is that really true? Because I will believe you. It I is, love you, Jason, and I will believe anything you say. It is <laughs> Honestly, it is 100% true. I did not just make that up. I wish I could take credit for that story, but that actually happened. I don't know which Apollo mission it was, but it was one of the Apollo missions. Go Google um, floating dookie Apollo mission, and you'll find the story, and, and none of the astronauts would, would cop to the Duke. <laughs> so one of the other podcasts that you do uh, oh, yeah. that I'm excited that you're recording soon is Creatures of the Night mm -hmm. with Adam and Chris. Um, did you listen to the last or not the last, but the, one of the last few episodes of Rogan where he talked to Tom O'Neill, I think the guy's name is. Okay. He's the, he wrote the book chaos oh. about Maryland or Marilyn. I always say Marilyn Charles, Charles Manson, Manson Chuck Manson, yes. old Charlie Manson, dude. Chucky, yeah. Uh, I am halfway through that episode as of today. I was listening to that one earlier as I was like doing the daddy daycare thing. So mm -hmm. Um, unlike most folks, I'm still listening to, I'm still 
voraciously consuming podcasts during this quarantine. Um, I know a lot of folks are like, well, I'm not working and I'm not driving in the car, so I don't. But I pop that one earbud in with the AirPods. I pop one earbud in. And then, like, my kid doesn't speak yet. I mean, she kind of babbles. It's pretty cute. But, like, she's not, we're not holding a conversation. So, like, I'm playing with her and she's kind of playing with her. Or, like, I'm putting in her high chair and dump some Cheerios in front of her. And she's, like, sort of, like, happily putting Cheerios in her mouth and dropping them on her lap. And I'm, you know, sweeping these things up for days. But I'll, I'll have the earbud in. I'm about halfway through that episode. And what's more is not only that, but I got a WhatsApp chat with some of my buddies from Atlanta. From when I used mm -hmm. to live down there, that's how I keep in touch with some of my old pals. And um, one of my buddies, like two weeks ago, like maybe a week or two before that dude was on Rogan, was like, "Yo, I've been reading this book because he works for the military, the armed forces, doing a very super secret job. He won't tell anybody about, but he's like, I'm fucking holding my dick the last couple of weeks because of this thing. You know, I'm just like hanging out. I'm not really doing a whole lot. So he's like, I read this book. You got to fucking read it. And I was like, I love the '60s." I love that whole like hippie era, the Charles Manson shit, all that shit. MK Ultra, you start weaving in like LSD and they're using this shit for mind control. That is my type of shit. Cause I, I read something like that. I listen to this guy on Joe Rogan and I'm fucking in. I'm all in. Cause I believe the CIA would get up to some funky shit like that. The demons Dude, and the space about, aliens. You talk, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying the demons and the space aliens, that's, to me, that's fiction. You know what I mean? That's like Spider-Man shit. That's Thanos shit. You know what I'm saying? It's fiction. It's it's compelling. It's fun, but it's it's ultimately like a popcorn thing. This, it's like, holy fuck, are they watching me right now? Listen, they might be because that was the, the not to spoil the end of the podcast, but he basically, uh, that guy Tom O'Neill talks about how He's, they start getting into JFK yeah. and that the assassination, and then the guy who was the guy that that killed the guy. He was the mafia dude that came up and shot. Um, uh, Jack Ruby shot uh, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. Yes, and, and he was connected guy, to the mafia in Texas. Yeah, well, he also uh, is connected to the ther. I think they were therapists that were mm. also connected to Charles Manson. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. So I don't know. It's. Uh, I you guys by the way have you just like kick with that creatures of the night kickstarted the because I was not into conspiracies at all like I didn't I didn't necessarily necessarily find them that interesting because I kind of looked at all conspiracies like you look at interdimensional conspiracies as yeah. like there's nothing I can do about it like all I'm going to do is stress myself out I'm stressed out enough about what's going on currently uh, but three dudes that I like started a conspiracy podcast. So now I'm into that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you in that. There's not a whole lot you can do. I mean, particularly if you're talking about Jack Ruby, JFK, old CIA shit from the sixties, like, what can you do about that? You know, these guys yeah. were in bed with the mafia. It's just kind of funny how as time goes by, you learn more because the freedom of information act starts to apply to some of these older documents. Some of the shit starts getting released and it's just like, these weirdos on the internet that have way too much time, <clears throat> Adam, um, will, he's not employed right now. I mean, he's got plenty of time for this. He, he will spend all of his time like looking at all of this stuff and to see like what the, it's amazing the, the shit that comes out. You know what I mean? Like the mafia's in bed with the CIA. They get JFK elected. JFK doesn't play ball the way the CIA wants him to. The CIA is like, we got to fucking whack a president. Who are we going to talk to? The fucking mob. We're going to whack this dude out. 
Let's get Lee Harvey Oswald involved. He's a fucking communist. We can pin this crazy shit on him. And then Jack Ruby, our man, will fucking take him out before he has time to talk. It's fucking, it's beautiful. It's perfect. I'm all in on that shit. It, yeah, it's, it's good. I don't know. It's good because I feel like we should know this. We, by that, I mean like the citizens, but I kind of, the older I get, the more I feel like I don't want to, like I have, I realized the other day, I think I've become that robot that just wants to have anyone that is in charge just be like, it's fine. And then I go, Hey, he said, it's fine. I'm sure he's worrying about it more than I'll ever do. So I'm just going to go to my job now. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I don't lose any sleep over it for sure. It's not, I mean, it's nothing to lose any sleep over because like you said, what can you do? And half of this shit was 50 years ago, 60 years ago. So, I mean, my mom was a kid when this shit happened. So now she's a grandma. So what can you do? I try not to lose any sleep over the the demon thing. It's too supernatural. I feel like if I bought into that shit, I would lose sleep over because I got a fucking eight month old. I got to look out over my shoulder, not only for like the real predators that exist in the world or the actual threats to her existence, like, I don't know, like knives or, or electrical sockets, but I also have to look out for like demon aliens now too. And it's like, that's just too much for me to worry about. I can't worry about demon aliens on top of worrying about her putting a fork into an electrical socket or, um, like, I don't know, trying to climb the refrigerator and the whole thing topples on her and, you know, it's like a Looney Tunes cartoon. I got a flat kid now. You know what I mean? I got to explain that to my wife. Yeah, so. I don't know what it is about kids. Like, my buddy, he had a, he has a daughter. He has three daughters. And when his oldest <sighs> was, like, I want to say two, uh, she, we all, I was over at his house. We had all gone outside to talk to his neighbor. And the next thing we knew, little Rachel was gone. And awesome. we look over. And uh, the next thing we know, she is halfway up like a 10 foot ladder leaned up against this guy's house. And we're just running over there screaming, Rachel, no. Like, I just, it's hilarious to me that it is just innate in children to just uh, find something to climb, find something dangerous to be on. You don't know if they actually know it's dangerous or if they, I don't know. Do, do you notice your kid like going, how old is your daughter now? She's eight and a half months. Does she, what is her current, uh, abilities? Like she's, like, can she crawl around? She can crawl around. She's learning how to stand so she can like pull herself up onto stuff. Like if there's something nearby and it's stable enough, but if, if it's not stable, she's going to try anyway, and she'll fall. Usually it's on her ass, but, like, what if it's her face? You know, she's only got two teeth. She can't afford to lose any of these fuckers. So, I just yeah. Find it, it's funny that kids just seem to, that age, that just don't know any better, just seem to be drawn to danger. Yeah. Like, it's, they have no conception of it. It's crazy. Like, I'll be... Um, like, um, sometimes if she sleeps in the bed with me, like we co-sleep sometimes, mm-hmm. not all the time, but like if she's having a rough time sleeping, if it's like three in the morning and she's crying, I want to sleep too. So it's like, fuck. All right. Like, I know it's not, it's not like the good sleep hygiene or whatever, but it's fucking cute too. Like, it's really like, I have a big soft side. Like when I'm like trying to be like a tough guy, my wife is like, shut the fuck up. Like, well, it's the not- only time you're going to be able to do that. Yeah. So like, I'm. I'll cradle her like next to me and I'll let she's just sleeping there. But anyway, like in the morning she'll wake up and she's like all happy. She's like, yeah, you know, I slept till 8am on daddy or whatever. And she'll start crawling for the edge of bed. Like no problem. Like that's not 
two and a half feet up and she's not going face first. I'm like, dude, you gotta, you gotta look out, man. But she's at that precarious age where she can do a lot of stuff to hurt herself. She can crawl, she can climb, she can, um, she can like manipulate objects with her hands, like, um, a, a laptop charger. I mean, I don't know why she's attracted to these things. She's got so many fucking toys. She's got fucking blocks. She got fucking things that make noise. She's got fucking, I ordered her some balls. Those things are on the way. She got everything. She got so many fucking toys. It's like a fucking daycare in here, especially with this quarantine on. It is like a fucking daycare. But still, laptop cord, that's awesome. I want to play with that. Let's fuck with the laptop cord. So Yeah, just get her some string and uh, a cardboard box and she'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. But then I'm gonna find her like wrapping this string. You know, like string makes me nervous. You know what I'm saying? That's true. So, God, it's I would, oh. scary shit. And I feel bad for the guy with three daughters. You know what I mean? Like I always hope for a son because, like, if you have a son, you only have to worry about one dick. If you got a daughter, it's like you got to worry about like all the dicks, right? Because it's like, you know, when now you start multiplying, that's like infinity dicks you got to worry about. <laughs> But I will say this of I know I feel like I know a lot of guys who have fathered or sired daughters and especially the ones that I've known since I was a kid like I've the ones that have had daughters and the one that have had exclusively daughters and exclusively sons like I can see I see both of them change but the ones with daughters I feel like it's in a uh I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. More of like a philosophical way. <laughs> Does that make sense? Of like uh, more contemplative. I don't know how to explain it correctly. Yeah. Uh, and your daughter is probably too young for you to be super. Uh... <laughs> well, do you feel like you've changed uh, even in this eight months? Yeah. I guess really. Yeah, for sure. I can't. I it, like. It's like, but uh, I don't mean in like the, you know, I love this thing more than I've ever loved anything. Like, I think that's inherent in most normal people. But I mean, like, can you, I don't know how often you self evaluate, but do you like notice a difference in yourself? Constantly self evaluate. Constantly self evaluate. Yeah. Like, I miss my family more. That's like one huge change. Like, um, I got a pretty close family. Like, I'm very close with my folks. My folks are still married. They're both still super healthy. I'm knocking on wood because, you know, they're, they're enjoying being grandparents for the first time. I got two younger brothers who are like the fucking coolest kids I know. Um, so like we're a really tight family. We get along real good. We don't, maybe we don't all have the same exact politics, but I think we all like love each other enough that it's like, eh, we don't need to get too into that. Like if I got a feeling that my younger brother's politics and mine aren't like, maybe they're 85% compatible then you know we'll just focus on the 85 percent we agree on we have lovely christmases um we talk like i don't know we we facetime when when we're all together and shit like that so but i found that having the kid makes me miss my family more for sure like i miss my folks more i miss my brothers more because um i'm in new hampshire and they're in atlanta and i i just like i wish that uh they could hang out with evelyn more and that they could like bond with her on a more consistent basis than like a couple times a year and stuff like that so i really find myself thinking about them a lot when i'm like hanging out with evelyn particularly like the kind of intimate tender moments when she's like falling asleep in my arms and i'm kind of rocking her and i'm getting ready to lay down it's like quiet and it's like oh i'm thinking about man i wish my mom was up here i wish my dad was up here i wish we could have like chats i wish they could do some of this shit so um i definitely like i'm definitely like more homesick i think 
now that I have a kid, um, what you said about like this creature being the most important thing, like, I mean, like two years ago she didn't exist. And now it's like, Oh yeah, I would murder people if, if like it was required for her safety. Like if there was ever an existential threat, it's like, Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I could, I would totally like put a knife into someone's heart, like while looking them in the eyes, if it was like legit for her safety. Yes. I would easily, easily, no problem. And before I would be very squeamish about that. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting thing. Like I don't have kids, but I have uh, nephews that want, I think the oldest one is, uh, we'll say 10, maybe 11 now. And uh, I've known them since before they were born. And it's crazy because yeah. I can only imagine because I feel like I would do the knife thing for those two. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I see them on the playground and I see like another kid bully them and I'm like, I should go and punch that other kid in the face. Yeah, I'll fight it. <laughs> I don't care if he's eight. I will I will break his orbital socket. I will fucking swell him up. I'll send him home to his fucking mama looking like Rocky just got his ass whipped by Apollo Creed. You know what I'm saying? Like every all his shit fucking swollen and shit. Going home like Sylvester Stallone, like one side of his face all fucking droopy because I gave him nerve damage. Fucking yeah. Got him with that fucking left hand, son. I'm wearing my fucking ring today. Don't fuck with my daughter. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, you feel that way about your family members. And it's, I felt that way with nieces and nephews. I don't have any, my brothers don't have any kids, but I do have nieces and nephews from marriage. My wife has siblings and her siblings. In fact, one of her siblings is a twin. They're actually twins. She and her sister are twins. So my, my wife is a twin. And, um, like her sister has had kids for a long time and my wife and I've been together like eight years. So I've watched these kids go from like, I don't know, like five and 10 to like 13 and 18. And, and so it is kind of like you, you get like bonded with them kids too. And it's like, Hey man, just holler. I know you're in New York, but if somebody fucks with you, like I'll jump on a CNJ, it's going to take me like seven and a half hours, but I'll get down there and I'm going to. I will still be angry when I get there. I promise. I'm going to fuck somebody up for you. So I got to know, like on your personal Instagram, like you post, you don't just post pictures of the steel books you get. Like yeah. I can tell that you like take some time to think about the pictures that you take and <laughs> like what order you put them in. Yeah. I sketch them like, in my sketchbook first to make sure that the composition is proper. I want to make sure that I've got the angle just right. And then I have to wait for the right day because the lighting is all natural. There's no electric lighting and I have to wait uh, until the sun is up and it can't be cloudy at all. Well, listen, I don't know if you like, I don't know if it's something inherent in people because I take terrible pictures. I try and take those like, oh, I'll take a picture of a tree and it'll look, mm -hmm. it'll just look stupid. It'll look like some idiot was trying to take a picture of a tree. But yours, I feel like they, they're good pictures of basically of just DVD boxes. Yeah. So that says something to me, I guess. But what was it that made you not only start collecting them, but also like, <laughs> or not, I guess take it, but yeah, what made you collect yeah. them? Cause I didn't even know that it was a thing, steel boxes until yeah. you really like, uh, I, I heard it, but it, I thought it yeah. was like in the same sense of like the director's cut. Yeah. Yeah. But it is, it's kind of like the special edition. Then you get this like, um, I don't know, this bulletproof container. I imagine that one day, like, I'll have one in my breast pocket, which is a really weird place to carry a Blu-ray disc. But, you know, somebody will try to shoot at me or whatever, and I'll be like, ha-ha, you know, like, it didn't hit me. You know? But, <laughs> are, is it, are Steelbooks, because uh, I am genuinely interested yes. in this, did, they, w did Steelbooks start with 
Blu-ray or was it were there DVD? I, you know, I think there's some I think there's some DVD ones. Honestly, I got the um miniseries Band of Brothers like many years ago. Many, many years ago, like 2003, I don't know. Um but it came in like this metal box set and it was like eight discs, so it's like really fat. I don't think it's technically a steelbook, but it's like almost a proto steelbook because it's like in this big i don't know it looks almost kind of like a lunchbox minus the handle you know what i'm saying but it's pretty cool it's got like the the dudes you know the world war ii dudes like the silhouette on the cover and it just looks cool um and so i don't that's not even my only personal instagram i have a i have the party naked pod instagram but then i also have like jason.almy but then i have jason almy no dot and that's all food that one's all food and donuts. It's stuff that I eat or stuff that I make and then eat, but it's all stuff that goes in my mouth. Is so that it's, active still? Yeah, it's less active because honestly, I've been doing a lot less cooking since my daughter was born. Like it's just, all just toast. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Like it's like a lot of lean cuisines out of the microwave. A lot of like we order we order sushi, we order pizza just because we're desperate and. <laughs> Like there's not a, I used to like, really, I would, I, in fact, I spent some time this evening before putting my daughter down, marinating these, I got these giant, like four pounds of these pork ribs. I swear to God, each one is almost the size of my forearm. Each individual pork rib is freaking huge, but I marinated them in a char siu marinade, which is like a Southern Chinese, like a Cantonese. It's like that, that red, red, red sauce. And it makes the ribs like red, red, red. So like I whipped one of those sauces together. I sent Adam a picture because I was like, dude, I got the Shaoxing. Like I got the Shaoxing wine. I got the Chinese five spices. That's the dry rub. You need a light soy sauce, garlic. I got the sesame. So the salt, the pepper, I got all that. I whipped this thing up and I'm they're marinating overnight. So maybe I'll take some photos of those. But yeah, that that uh, the food one's not super active. But the steelbook one is super active, and um, my wife, much to my wife's chagrin, because every time I'm like, "Hey, I think I'm gonna buy a steelbook," she's like, ah, "Really, motherfucker? Are you sure you want to do that?" I'm like, "Yeah, I kind of do," and she's like, mm. "So, so um, do you collect them because of what they like because they're steelbooks, or do you just like love all movies or what? Because like I, I collect, I collect, I say, uh, yeah." bicycle uh playing cards like but just like weird like if they ever had weird ones like they mm -hmm. had like a beer pong one that was like solo cups and they had zombie ones or shark ones or whatever but i don't i'm i don't necessarily i don't even really play card games like that i yeah. just thought they were interesting i bought one that i thought was interesting and now whenever i see them i'll just pick them up yeah so it's sort of like that like you buy one and you're like this is kind of cool i kind of dig this like the the um the thing is I'm, I'm kind of an elitist like i like to if the if there's two versions of a thing that are for sale and one is like very common very everyday you can find it at any walmart at any time you could buy it now or you could buy it in a year you're not gonna have any trouble sourcing it in a year um no one's gonna be selling it for like twice the double the markup on ebay at any point in time i immediately lose interest in that thing it's too common for me like why do i or you know even if i sort of want it ah, i'll come back for it later no big deal it'll be here at target in a year i don't give a fuck but the ones that like the steel books, the way they got me is you got to go get that bitch the day they fucking release it. Half the time you got to pre-order it. Good luck finding a Joker steel book right now for like a decent price because that fucking thing disappeared. When I went to pick up the one that I pre-ordered, I picked it up the day it was released and it was already gone. 
There were, there were no copies God. left. So if you didn't pre-order it, you were pretty fucked. Because they do, like, they do, this is how they get you. They'll do a couple of these, like the real popular ones, like Joker or something like that, and they'll do it super limited. So it's like if you go into the store and you see one sitting there on a the shelf, like, you better fucking buy it. Because if you come back in a few days because you wanted to think about it or ask your wife's permission or whatever... It's not going to be there. It's gone. So they get you. They they build this like scarcity by only producing a certain amount. And they're like, hey, man, if you want the steelbook of Joker, I mean, you, you probably should pre-order that shit. And so, so like, I'm like, how much did it go for originally and how much does it go for now? Um, That's a good question. I don't <laughs> honestly like I don't really buy a lot of aftermarket steelbooks just because they get this tremendous markup. So uh, sometimes I'll poke around for them. Like I, I bought one that's been out of print for, I don't know, like two years. It's the Spider-Man Homecoming one. So it's been out of print since like, I don't know, a week after Spider-Man Homecoming was released on Blu-ray. And um, fucking I got it for 20 bucks and it usually goes for like 80 in the 80 to 100 range. I got it for $20 and the thing is fucking, it's mint. Pristine. I mean, it's perfect. It's <laughs> pristine. I couldn't believe it was so good. Like, I, I thought it was going to come to me, like, dented and scratched. But I was like, whatever. It's only 20 bucks. So I'm kind of taking a risk. But it paid off really well. So a lot of times, yeah, they do. They typically tend to, like, double in price. Once they're once you can't get them, the scalpers kind of have their hands on them. And it's like the only way you're getting one is to order one from a guy on eBay. And he knows what he got. That's why he went and bought four of them or five of them. And he's going to try to sell them for, so if they're originally 30 bucks, which is usually about the price you pay for a steel book, it's like 30 ish bucks. It's a 4k and uh, comes with a digital code. So I just give that to my, like I, I upload the digital code, but like my parents have my voodoo law. I told you I'm close with my family. So I give my parents the voodoo login so they can log in and they can go watch all my movies that I upload. Um, so I hope I don't get sued by movies anywhere for this, but whatever. Well, it's alleged. It's all alleged. It's alleged. Yeah. I didn't just admit to it. Um, hypothetically so uh you know it's they're about 30 bucks and if you miss one you know you might be able to pick it up for 60 bucks if you if you get on it i mean if you wait a couple of years they just become more and more scarce as as people pick them up and there's fewer and fewer people trying to sell them and then you know supply and demand you know they they mark those prices up so and it's, it's like crazy collecting anything i i just uh I, I never even thought of it as a thing, but I was looking on Twitter the other day, and have you ever played on uh, on Switch or back in the day on PSP or PS Vita, whatever it was, a game called Hotline Miami? You know that game? No, but it sounds kind of cool. It's very cool. It's like this. To- it's weird top down shooter that's very. It's super gory. Mm. Uh, it's you know supposed to be set in the eighties. It's got an amazing soundtrack. Ooh, I like that. Uh, Dude, it is it, the soundtrack to that alone is worth the price of whatever whatever it is for the like the yeah. collect because I think they have one and two like on sale now, but they had a I didn't find out until the day after uh, some company made was making a physical copy mm. of one and two and selling it and yeah it was our it was they were selling it for forty bucks it's already gone yeah yeah that's like, unfortunate. <laughs> Yeah, That's because it's I don't know when it ships, but I imagine that getting one is going to be the same deal. Like I'll be yeah. if I want it, I'll be spending at least 80 bucks. Yeah, that's that's the deal. I mean, it's unfortunate that people there are like legit scalpers that spend. I don't know if they I mean, you have to like spend resources on this. Like you got to spend time and money to get these things to then turn around and sell them. I mean, even if you're getting double the price, like I get a $30 steel book and I turn around even triple the price, you're still making less than a hundred bucks per unit. You got to do that at volume. If you're going to try to write a mortgage check off that, that's insane. So I don't, well, I, 
what about like those guys that do like the they do like shoe resale like i can't imagine that starting out you do that like uh at a huge volume so i don't know yeah i don't i don't know about the shoe thing at all the shoe thing i i guess there are people out there that collect shoes the way i collect steelbooks so i should be able to understand it but i don't really get it do people yeah, wear the shoes before selling them? Because I imagine, like, either, every time I've bought a used movie, somebody's watched the thing. You know what I mean? I don't I don't mind if someone's watched the movie and then they send me the disc. If they took good care of it, I don't really mind. But it's like somebody wearing the shoes. I feel like if they if I open the box and I'm like, oh, like, oh you're supposed to wash these? Like, somebody wore these things? I don't want to wear some shoes some other dude wore. And, like, what if they came off a dead dude? What if it's like, oh, shit, he's got nice shoes, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, I got extentation shoes or whatever that guy's name is. They, they ship me his shoes. And I'm like, <laughs> the dead, there's a foot still in that motherfucker. Shit. Oh, thank you for that. I was like, extentation? Who? Extentation. Uh, <laughs> whatever. What, what is it? Triple X? Whatever. What, is, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Extentation, uh, <laughs> whatever. I, look, obviously, uh, I am a uh, Caucasian, everybody, in case you could not tell. Um uh, I'm pretty pale, and uh, just listen to country music, y'all. No, that's not true. It's is not that true? true. It's not. No, not true. Oh I'm my fucking, god! I'm, we were, I was going to end this <laughs> immediately if that was true. <laughs> no, I actually can't. I really can't do country music. It's very seldom that I can do country music at all. Um, but I do love the rap music, particularly '90s gangster rap and uh, '2000s. 2000s rap i've had a really hard time with rap in recent years just i just don't it doesn't hit like the way it used to like when you when you heard a song man like god damn the first time you heard hypnotize and you just felt your dick get hard and you're just like oh like oh dude if you want to really get sad if you want to really get sad about uh rap or hip-hop nowadays watch on netflix they have i think it's called the evolution of hip-hop Oh, it is. It just goes through hip hop from its beginnings to now. And they talk to a lot of the, I would call them the Mount Rushmore people of hip hop that you just, I don't know. Like when my wife and I were sitting through it, watching it, I just, I forgot how good, because I just don't listen to like just older music just because I I don't know. No. But watching watching that, listening to music that I grew up with, all this hip hop I grew up with, it actually made me sad because yeah. I was like, oh, it's I don't know if it'll ever be this good. It might be this good again, but I might not be alive for it. Yeah. <laughs> or like if it's that good, it's that good for like somebody else. It's not like it's not the same. Like you can't it's not just that the music is different, it's that you're different when you're hearing it. It's like um when you're 16 and you were hearing hypnotized for the first time like i was when hypnotized was brand new i must have been 15 16 and you hear this song and it's like you're at this time of your life where you're like it's not just the music is right but you're ready for it and it's like everything aligns the stars align everything's perfect it's beautiful but you get a little older and it's like you sort of i feel like you sort of get at least this is true for me but i feel like it's true talking to other people too you sort of get into like your like you get into your your stuff like you've got the things that you like you have the stuff that you like and it's like you're not as like the new stuff just doesn't it's like i'm not ready for it or it's not quite hit me right or maybe i'm not part of the demographic anymore like maybe this is aimed at like 16 year olds 17 year olds 18 year olds now 
and I'm not. I'm I'm 20 years older than that. So I don't know. I don't know if it's the if that's the case, but it feels like it's harder to get into new shit. It's it's easy for me to be like, yeah, man, fucking, you know, hypnotize is the best, and Dr. Dre is the best, and 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 like premium premium like prime Eminem is the best, but like all this new shit. Oh, I don't like Post Malone, or I don't like all these SoundCloud rappers, and little this and little that, and Zan this and Zan that. And it's like I can't keep up with it, so maybe I'm hating on it because of that, but. I don't know. I try to give them credit because it's like maybe this is good and I just don't like it. That could be the case. I think that's possible, but I also think that when when you hear like Tupac or Biggie or mm. Tribe Called Quest or anything like that, like you can hear it and know it's good and know it's something you haven't really ever heard before, but it's not until you get to 10, 15, 20 years later that you actually realize like not only was there nothing like that, but it is yeah. It, it just, I don't know. I think you're right. I don't think it can hit, like, new stuff can hit the same way it did because it's technically not for us anymore, yeah. really. Uh, but I don't know, man. I, I almost don't believe that either because I think good, like, music, I don't know. I love music, and I just don't, I don't think it can be, I think it can transcend. I don't think, mm -hmm. even if it was made for a certain group, I think that if it's that good, it will transcend even who it was initially made for. Yeah, I can feel that. I can feel that. Um, I think maybe that's pretty rare, though. Like, because you don't get Taylor Swift, really. Like, even if I get a Taylor Swift song stuck in my head, it's not because the music is particularly good or it's, like, meant for me or anything like that because I'm pretty sure I'm not part of her like a tweener girl demographic, but like you just, um, I don't know, you, 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 you know, you like what you like. And I guess there's some good stuff that comes along, but I'm, I'm trying to think like, what's well, the most at, recent, like, who, who did the black, who are the black keys making music for? Like, mm -hmm. who did they start making it for and who are they making it for now? Like, uh, as far as hip hop, hip hop goes, like I, I feel like with only in the past two or three years discovered Tyler, the creator, and within the only the past month, Frank Ocean. And I don't think either of those guys are for me at all. Like they mm -hmm. did not, they never saw any version of my face when they were making music, but I love what they have to do. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, like, I, think... I don't know that it's necessarily as good as what came before them, but I know for the landscape that they're in now, it's very good. I think to their credit, I don't, I don't believe that Biggie or Tupac were thinking of my white face either when they made music. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that they thought, Hey, this, uh, this dude, Jason from suburban Atlanta, he's going to love this shit out of our stuff. Let's, uh, Hey, we're about the same age. I think I'm 36. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. We're, we're right in there, man. <laughs> I got you beat by two years. There you go. <laughs> oh, so we're, we're right in there. We're pretty close. When are you having kids? I don't know, man. Whenever I can find one that their parents aren't around. Okay, but you you have a wife, right? Yes. That's like the first step. Yeah, well, come on. That's not even the first step. The first step is just convincing someone that you're not completely repulsive. Yeah, which is, <laughs> I feel like, which is an ongoing thing, right? Like, you don't just convince them one time. You have to, like, no. you got to keep shaving the pubes. You got to keep showering. You got to keep doing all of that stuff. Everything that you did, you got to keep doing. I feel like you got to keep, you have to convince her every single day that you're not repulsive. Well, except for you and I, like we've stopped shaving and cutting our hair because yeah. no one knows this, but I've secretly been growing my hair out as well. So I'm nowhere near you, but 
I got a little something, got a little Theo Vaughn style mullet going on. Two years ago, I was nowhere near me either. Now I got a foot <laughs> long, but I'm going to donate this. I'm going to cut this off as soon as this quarantine is over. I think it's long enough for me to donate. And there's a, there's like a salon in the area that I can go to and they're affiliated with the wigs for kids. And so like the lady will show. Yeah, I like, heard you mention that. Will you talk a little bit about that? Like yeah. how, like, because everyone thinks locks for love immediately, but that's, is that not necessarily the spot to no, that's not the spot. Yeah. So um, in my research, I have found that there's a lot of negative sentiment out there about locks for love or locks of love. The locks of love thing, apparently they sell the wigs. Like they, they profit off it. Like you're going to grow your hair out for a couple of years. You're going to get it long as fuck. You're going to cut it off. You're going to cry. You're going to send it to them. And then they're going to use it to assemble a wig that they're going to charge $1,000 for or something like that. And so I got a problem with that because A, why should I just donate my shit to you for you to make a profit off of? If you're going to make a buck, come on, cut me in for 15% at least. You got to cut me in something. If you're going to sell a thousand dollar wig made of my hair that I gave you, you can cut me in. And then B, I don't know how I feel about profiting off of some cancer kid. So imagine some cancer kid, obviously the cancer kid that gets the wig from locks of love is going to be the cancer kid with rich parents. No underprivileged yeah. cancer kid is going to get a wig if the parent doesn't have 800 bucks or 1000 bucks or 1200 bucks to put in on a on a locks of love wig. So I decided that that was a little grimy for me. Like, I, I mean, I could sell my hair, I guess, maybe, but like I don't want to sell it to a sick kid that needs a wig. That's just that's just dirty. Like, yeah, I got a kid. That's just bad karma. I can't do that. So um, I looked into it and I found this wigs for kids is another one that's kind of nationwide. It's not as big as locks of love, but they make money other ways. They raise money doing um, events. They do fundraisers. They get money from people like me or maybe people like Chris Wetzke who doesn't want to grow long hair or does not have the ability to grow long hair. But he does say, I believe in this cause, so I'll write a check for 100 bucks or whatever, make a, a charitable donation that's tax deductible. And so they survive off of that so that they can then give wigs to kids that they don't charge $1,000 for. So theoretically, an underprivileged kid who doesn't have Daddy Warbucks for for a pop can have a fucking wig. I want to I want my hair to go to some kid in need, not some kid in need that has rich parents. You know what I'm saying? Like I want some, you know, I want to see some kid wearing my hair, but I don't want them to be super rich. Yeah, I mean, you you know, don't underestimate the time and care for that hair that you've done over the past yeah. two years at least. How oh, long have you been growing it? I haven't cut it. It was two years last November, so it was like two and a half years. So, dude, it's 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 a pain in the ass. I got lazy. The thing was, like, I got lazy about it. Like, I just didn't go get my hair cut for a while, and it started getting longer, and I was like, let's see how it looks when I get it a little bit longer. So I just, I was kind of, like, letting it go as an experiment to see how dumb my head would look with longer hair, and then it hit a point in length where I was like, okay, I'm, I'm probably good cutting this now. This experiment has run its course, but... Um, looking at my hair, I was like, dude, it's pretty long. Like I'd feel bad cutting this off cause they're just going to sweep it up and throw it away. But if I grow it a little bit longer then I could donate this and then like all of this time that I've spent on this experiment would, would be worth something. It would be, there would be some value that I could provide by being lazy and growing my hair out. So I just decided, Hey, let's do this for another year and a half. Because it was about a year ago that I decided, like, hey, let me donate it. And I just did not realize how long it would take me to get 12 inches. Like, 
This is the do first time. Do they have time. like prerequisites for you? Or are they like, you can't dye your hair? You yes. can't use Correct. specific uh, shampoos or whatever? Yeah. So uh, I think the shampoos are cool. I didn't see anything on their website, but they do have like frequently asked questions. And that is one of the ones that's on there. They talk about like what they expect. Like you can't, you have to wash your hair obviously before you, it has to be totally dry too. So you have to wash it. It has to be freshly washed and it has to be totally dry. Cause if the shit mildews, when you send it to them, if it's wet and you cut it off and put it in a Ziploc and that shit's mildewy a week later when they're opening yeah. up that, yeah, they can't use it. So like they, you got, it has to be clean. Right, it can't be greasy. They can't use it if it's greasy either. Like right now, I'm in a shower. I'm washed my hair in like I don't know four days. So this shit is is nasty. But I gotta. And but then you can't have no dyes, right? So you can't dye it. So if you're gray, that kid's getting a gray wig. You know what I'm saying? Like this eight year old kid is gonna look like uh, Robin <laughs> Williams and Jack. You know what I'm saying? Like he gonna be an old looking kid. You know what I'm saying? He better put his glasses on and shit. And, He's a Benjamin Button looking motherfucker with with white hair at eight years old. So um I but luckily I don't really have any grays. As old as I am, I'm I'm just all of my white hair is just right here on my chin and I don't have any in my head. So um yeah, no worries with the dye. I haven't dyed my hair or anything. So that's awesome. Yeah, I meet all the rules, all the criteria, and then they say at least twelve inches. So this is the first time anything on my body has been twelve inches long. This is the first time I've had twelve inches of anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know when my hair right. was a year and a half ago when my hair was four inches long i said this is the first time i've had four inches of anything it was funnier back then the four, first time i have four inches of anything <laughs> uh jason i know you are like pressed for time but uh are you wait so i do have to ask you are you yeah. working from home or are you going to wherever you would normally go to? Um, no, I'm working from home. Um, I work in the healthcare field doing uh, data analysis and reporting for a, a nutrition company. And um, we do like diabetes program. We do like legit clinical nutrition. It's not like Jenny Craig shit, but it's like legit clinical nutrition. All of our, um, all of our clinical staff is all like, they're all RDs licensed. They're all board certified shit. They're not, there's no like quackery here, but um Usually we would assemble in an office. We have like an office building that we would go to to do that work. But uh, given the current scenario and no one wanting to get sick, we everybody's home. Just go work from home. Take your laptops home. Everybody's been issued a laptop. They gave me this sweet-ass laptop a couple of years ago, which I have continued to exploit for my podcast purposes. And um, I'm just I'm working from home, man, so I don't leave the house. I leave the house very seldom. Like I left today to go get a prescription. I needed insulin because mm -hmm. I'm a type 1 diabetic. Um, also, I'm, I'm such a good person. Um, this is, look, let me tell you for a second how, what a wonderful person I am. Not only do I donate my hair to, to children, we're bald, but also because I'm a type one diabetic, I actually volunteer on the nutritional staff at a camp for type one diabetic kids called Camp Carefree in New Durham, New Hampshire. So that's what a fucking marvelous human being I am, wonderful person. So I'm going to heaven when I die. But um, yeah, so I, I've been working from home. It's been pretty, pretty boring. It's been pretty like same four walls every day. And when I'm not working, my wife is working. We have to split shifts because one of us has to take the kid because daycare is not open either. So um, I'm working from home. I'm doing daddy daycare from home. That's about 70 hours a week. So it's actually really kind of fucked me over for, and then I'm on, I'm in school on top of that. I'm getting a master's degree. So I'm, I'm wrapping up my spring semester online and um, that's annoying too. Cause I used to go to campus for that, but what can you do? There, so, 
what I was going to ask you is you you were actually the one that like pushed me over the edge because I had mentioned something yeah. about a Nintendo Switch, yeah. and you were like, "Dude, you're stupid if you don't get one." Dude, yeah. And I finally got it, and it's the best decision I ever made. See, you're smart now. Uh, <laughs> and the best part about it, by the way, is the eShop because I just go through there and buy like ten cent games that are nice. shockingly good. Yeah. Uh, but like, what is your? I don't know. I was thinking maybe we could give mm. the folks some kind of what game they should play. So what would be oh, your... Oh, man. Like, do you have any, like, what's the word? Like, one that you'll always go back to. Yeah, I am a Zelda junkie. Um, I've been a Nintendo guy for my whole life, ever since I was a little kid. When I was a wee lad in the 80s, I received a uh, Nintendo. I received the original NES as a gift. And um, that was formative for me and i never strayed i i've i've had that brand loyalty uh ever since i haven't i mean i have an xbox it's sort of like you need to do that these days because i can't watch 4k blu-rays on my switch so my xbox is essentially a 4k blu-ray player that my nephew gave me for free because he got a better one so okay cool that's nice i like that and i play a few games on it we've played a few games on it together so um but the Switch, I mean, the Nintendo systems have always been my shit. They've been my jam. And their uh, their properties tend to be the best ones. And I'm a Zelda junkie. I've Ever since playing the first Zelda on NES, like, I played, I had the, go I still have in the other room, I got the gold cartridge, the original NES gold cartridge of uh, Zelda. I don't even know if that shit works anymore, but I got it. I'm not going to part with it. They're going to bury me with it when I die. Um, but I, I, so Zelda, you got to play Zelda. If you got a Switch and you haven't played Breath of the Wild yet, um, that's really, that's bad. That's almost worse than not having a switch. Cause now you have a switch, you can play breath of the wild. It's waiting for you. Do it. Uh, that game is incredible. It's just incredible. It's open world. You just get sucked in. You're finding these little guys that give you seeds and all of the seeds smell like poop because they are. And then you get to blow stuff up with bombs and you get to shoot these guys. You get to fight them. And it's like really hard at first. But then as you get better equipment and as you get more hearts, you just it just becomes more and more rewarding because you can take on stronger dudes. And, and, and it's just, I mean, it's a huge game and it's just so much fun to play and like unlock the different areas and explore. And it's very nonlinear. So you can like go over here. I mean, they kind of push you along a little bit of a path, particularly for the first part of the game. But then once it opens up, you're running around finding shrines and doing all this shit. So breath of the wild has been one of the better games that I've played in uh, probably like at least the last decade. I haven't really played much that compares to that in a, in a long, long time. So maybe since final fantasy 10, have I, have I not loved a video game that much? Yeah, see, all the Final Fantasy games, I I guess I can't really say this because I was going to say I don't like them, but I've never mm -hmm. played one because none of them look... I don't know. I just don't know if that's my jam yeah. necessarily. Uh, but I know like with... Uh, we bought Mario Odyssey, the yeah. one for Switch. How's that? I heard that was good. It was... I got the same... Like I remember when we bought our Super Nintendo, or we had our Super Nintendo... Per, or I'm sorry, our uh, Nintendo 64 purchased mm -hmm. for us for Christmas, I think it was. That's a good and Christmas. Playing, dude, and playing Mario 64 that first time was like mind-blowing. Yeah. Like just couldn't believe what was happening. Like how is he... How? And I kind of felt that way again playing yeah. uh, Odyssey. I was like, this is a fun Mario game. Dude, that's what I was Wait. saying earlier about like the nostalgia factor. It's like the reason why I love the older rap. It like brings you back to it's it's like 
the reason why shit these days isn't as good. It's not because it's not as good. It's because like, you know, you're just not in that like emotional place for it anymore. And I feel like that's maybe one reason why I've stuck with Nintendo even as like an older, like an adult, like a grown ass dude. Cause it's like you pop in Zelda and yeah, it's a new version or you pop in, I oh man, I played the shit out of Mario 64. I got, I got a N64 Christmas of 96, you know, and that was a fucking Christmas right there. You know what I mean? Like, dude, Christmas morning, you, you busted that thing open. That thing's open by eight o'clock and it's plugged in 8 a.m. And you know, you're fucking, what are you doing? It's Christmas. That's what are you doing that doing. day? <laughs> all you're doing is fucking collecting them stars. You're beating them levels. You're tossing that little penguin off the thing. Did you ever do that? You grab yeah, the you penguin do and backflips. Like, you could do a backflip. Yeah. <laughs> dude, I remember the first time I played that shit, man. I was like, what? Like it just blew my mind. And so, uh, man, I played that game till I got all 120 stars. I met Yoshi on the top of the fucking yep. castle. <laughs> you ride him around for about five minutes and you're like, well, I can't do shit. Like I want to go. Can I eat somebody? Can I go stomp somebody <laughs> out or something like that? And, um, but so like, that's my thing. I would say like stick with the nostalgia. Like I'm playing a game for switch right now. I mean, not right now. I haven't booted my switch in two months, but, um, on occasion, I like to play a game called Octopath Traveler. It's got a very, like, it's a very nostalgic feel to it. It's like the little sprite animation. It's made by Square Enix, who makes the Final Fantasy games. And it's just kind of a fun little RPG to play. I love the Switch because it's easy to, like, pick up and put down. So you, yes. can, like, you can pick it up, you can play, and then you don't even have to, like, oh, I got to get to a save point, and it has to be safe for me to turn the game on. You don't. You just hit go back to the home screen and then power the thing down, put it to sleep. And the game is right there. I, in fact, that Octopath Traveler I was just telling you about, I was playing it the day before my daughter was born. Cause we were just killing time. We we're just waiting for this kid to come. And my wife was sleeping and I was like, let me play some Octopath Traveler. So I was hitting it up. I was in the middle of a boss battle and i turned that shit off. Cause she woke up and she was like, Hey, I'm hungry. And I'm, I'm also like, viciously pregnant with your kid and so i was like let me put this down and let me get you some food we had some sushi that night it was really nice and um um you know it's that's just it's what it's, it's just what we did so I, I love that you can just put it down and like i can i picked it up like a month later and beat the boss it was crazy i love it yeah i just bought katamari reroll i've never played any of those katamari oh man games. i heard of those but i never played those either it's super like if you just want a game to push the sticks around, but it is just interesting enough. That is a perfect like I just want to play a game, but I don't want to get into it. Game. Yeah, I, I like games like that. Like I, I, I find myself playing so much bullshit like Candy Crush. I fucking play Candy Crush. Like it's weird that I'm even admitting that to people who are going to listen to this later and think, God damn, what's wrong with him? I play Candy Crush, but it's so easy. It's like, like you said, it's mindless. You just kind of pick it up. You just play it while you're taking a dump. Like some of these games these days, it's like, I feel like I try to play Fortnite with my nephew because he gave me the Xbox that I just mentioned. And so I'm like, I got an Xbox now. Like, let me fucking get a headset and like, let's play some Fortnite. And I'm, I spent a couple evenings playing Fortnite with him and just getting my shit pushed in by 13 year olds. And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, I gotta, do I have to take a week off of my job and just like train every day to get good at this game? Like I got to sit down. I, I'm, I can't do this. I can't do this. I need something that's just easy, fun. You know, like what happened to Halo guys? Why don't we play that anymore? I fucking killed at Halo in college. <sighs> and Goldeneye. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Goldeneye, I always kind of blew out. I was never very good at Goldeneye, but I did kind of like peak with Halo. I was pretty decent there. 
I was the I was the reason people would call no odd job. I was I was just like, well, that's just who I'm going to be. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but I know you are like right on the edge uh, of having to go do another show. So why don't you tell us one more time uh, where we can find you? Yeah, I'm, I'm all over the Internet. You can um, go to teamalme.com. My last name is spelled A-L-M-E. You can just go to teamalme.com. There's like links to the podcast and all different podcast apps. And there's like links to my socials, but it's pretty easy. Those are easy too. You can find me on all the socials at Party Naked Pod. So uh, it's shit happens when you party naked, y'all. We get crazy. We get crunk. We talk about weird shit. Like I can just fucking talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. You know, we should do a part two where I go even longer than Adam seven and a half hours later it's like you're gonna have to order a pizza you're gonna have to like bring a gallon of water or something you're gonna have to like bring something to defecate in because it's been it's gonna be a long one listen the fact that anyone even wants to come on one time is fine so anyone yeah. who wants to come on a second time is more than welcome i enjoy talking to you normally i listen to your podcast and i just i just scream when you and <laughs> bethany are playing trivia and i just i like burst a blood vessel in this eye and the whole thing turned red and my daughter like screamed the first time she saw it, it was just insane. But I was like, Hey, that's, this is my untrained eye. Like <laughs> those fuckers did this to me. Like, uh, I mean, they were, it's like uh, DJ, this is the, I, I know this. I, why can't you hear me when I yell, you know? And listen, it's, it's got it. I have to save all of the good brain cells for the winner circle. I, so. I get you. I get you. Cause you're dominating <laughs> at that shit. If I can ever get Christina to record a podcast with me again, we'll, we'll fucking come at y'all. Cause I mean I'm I'm decent with the trivia. I feel like I listen to some of that Winter Circle, and I'm like, the All Bros. Come on, guys! I thought y'all were gonna take them. Nope. I really felt like we were gonna get roasted on that one. Yeah. <laughs> no, so it's around continues. the corner. I'm sure. Yeah. Twenty twenty one. Yes. What? Twenty twenty one. When my wife starts podcasting again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll come for I'm you. I'm looking then. forward to it. Listen. We have the best uh, wife co-hosts, I would say, in the biz. For sure, for sure, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, I um, I don't know, I, I, I didn't even really plan to do shit happens when you party naked with my wife. I actually was recording the first episode with her dad, and he's like a Vietnam vet, and he's into conspiracies, and he's also like really into getting drunk on Bud Light. So I was like, dude, yeah, let's do a like, let me get him on here. Like, this is gonna be fun. And uh, my wife, who used to drink at the time, she was like, wait a minute, I can hear you two talking, and I have opinions, motherfuckers. Give me a mic. So it just kind of, um, you know, it just became a thing. And, and then I was surprised to learn how many other podcasters do podcasts with their wife, like you and the Fowlers and stuff like that. It was so many people podcast with their wife. But then it kind of also makes sense because it's like, you know, who else are you going to get to podcast with you? And if you're married, you know, chances are you don't have a super robust uh, social circle of dudes that you hang out with every single week. You know, you might have a couple of dudes that you hang out with like quarterly, but I mean, even that, who knows up in the air, wait till you have a kid, bro. You'll know what I'm talking about. Like, well, dude, I think a po doing a podcast with your significant other is like being in this forced quarantine with a significant other that it is either. It's only going to show and highlight what's already there. 
You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you were going to like, I feel like I do a good show with Beth because we just got along very well anyway. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I think if we didn't get along as well as we thought we did, the show would have we would have just stopped. Like yeah. you know what I mean, like we're just arguing and letting everyone listen to it. Yeah. Like there has to be a function. Like it has to be fun too. Like the production of the thing can't be so. Like there were times where like I was more. Um, I was more anal about like my release schedule and shit like that. And it did like have an effect on recording with Christina that, that diminished the fun of it. And not only did it make the production less enjoyable, but the finished product, it's not like we're going to release the thing in theaters and it's going to make $10 million on opening weekend. Like we're talking about a fucking podcast here. There's 999,999 other podcasts. So like, we're not Joe Rogan, right? I'm not, we're not losing money by not releasing this week. So it, it definitely came to a point where I was like, I need to keep this like fun or I'm not going to keep doing it. Like if I'm going to be so anal retentive about shit, Christina is going to tell me to fuck off because I'm being too anal and I'm going to just stop doing it and it's just not going to be fun. So it's like, fuck it. I got to keep this thing fun. And, um, like, so it, it's the same as what you guys do. Like we got to, we have to sound like we're having fun and we're enjoying each other too. Like you can't, I mean, maybe you could make it work if that's your shtick and it's like, let's record a podcast and just be like brutal to each other. Let's be like that husband and wife and just be like, you know, you have a tiny dick. Oh, you fuck my brother. You know what I mean? Like we could, we could do that. But, um, I feel like it's, I don't know. It's nice listening to you and Bethany because it's like it kind of reminds me of me and Christina. Your your banter, your rapport, going back and forth and stuff. And it's like, ah, oh, these guys are cute. Like I like these two. Like I like them because they get along good with each other. And it's like, I value that. So it, it speaks to me because it's like I value a guy who's like a sweetheart to his wife and is a good husband and like they have a good relationship and stuff like that. And they like talk to each other about stuff. So you know what I mean. Versus like arguing and not talking and everything's pent up and you know she smothers you with a pillow one night and you die well i don't know about you but i know a lot of couples that don't get along like that so when i heard yeah. of you and the Wetskis and the fowlers and everybody it was it was like oh there are other people like us yeah. that actually like who they're with yeah. <laughs> yeah but all right i'm gonna let you go uh thank you so much for being on the show jason you will never <laughs> know how much it means to me uh thank you man it means a lot to me too like i love uh getting a chance to talk to you and we haven't really done anything long form just you and me either it's been like We've done some game streams and stuff, but it's been like you were dead. You were, in fairness, I thought you were on, like on death's doorstep when I saw you. It's like Jason is doing us a favor right now because you were just like one eye open. Like that was rough, guys. I'm dead. Yeah, that was rough. <laughs> it was rough. All right, everyone. Uh, here's the last thing I say: go to Cullah.com if you like the music you heard on this episode. That is C-U-L-L-A-H.com. The album Cultivation has already come out, so go and check it out right now. Thank you all for listening, and keep dragging.